Welcome to the Black Madonna Speaks podcast with me, your host, Stephanie Georgiev. Thank you so much for spending your valuable time with me. And if you haven't already, please consider subscribing and sharing with your friends and family about the existence of this podcast. Before we get started, I want to thank my Patreon supporters. The list is growing and you are certainly welcome to become a patron at The Black Madonna Speaks. Thanks go out to my most generous supporters, Linda Reinschild, Geraldine Brousseau, Jennifer Johnson Lee, and Hetian Grobler, who through all the trials and tribulations of these past several years, their steadfast support has enabled me to produce this podcast, as well as continue to publish books and YouTube videos. In the last segment, we explored the artistic presentation of the Black Madonna. In this segment, we will explore a bit more of one of the most defining qualities of this artistic genre, the color of the Madonnas, which is black. I'm calling this segment Divine Darkness, and when we get to the end, you'll see why. A casual overview of the definition and associations with the color black is not one that is commonly thought of as positive. One can see how subtle racism gets its start with such definitions and associations. If you look at the concordance in the Bible, most of the verses are not what one considers as positive, but there are several shining exceptions, which I quote often. One is found in Isaiah 45.3. The verse is talking about what the Lord will do for the faithful and is a basic prophecy of the coming Messiah. Quote, And I will give you treasures of darkness and hidden riches of secret places, so that you may know it is I, Jehovah, who calls you by your name. Now is darkness something to be feared if God himself is telling you there are treasures there? Something to ponder. There is another verse from the Song of Solomon, which is displayed prominently on various Black Madonna icons. I am black, but I am beautiful, the verse says. The Song of Solomon is an epic poem on the intimacy of divine love. The bride is symbolic of humanity. The community of believers and the groom is symbolic of divinity. Why is it she says she is black and beautiful? Is that something we should fear or is negative in any way? The most defining quality of the black Madonnas is their color. Ranging from dark brown to black, there is no mistaking the fact that these images are dark. Such pigmentation is not representative of the populations where these works of art first appeared on the European continent. We also have many images of the Madonna and Child occurring during the same time period, which are much lighter or unmistakably Caucasian. Much of the esoteric and exoteric information 
regarding the nature of black can give some indication as to why this category of Madonnas is black. Black has an earthy groundedness that brings balance to the universe. In Gothic and medieval art, all expressions needed opposites to be considered complete. It was felt that no symbolism could be present unless a paradox existed. We will discover that all creativity, living thinking, even the expression of color itself, is dependent on the tandem existence of opposites, entwined in paradox, darkness within and next to light. As stated in the introduction, there are numerous references in scripture relating darkness as a symbol of God's wisdom and generativity. In the Song of Songs, the bride proclaims she is black but beautiful. This verse is found in Song of Solomon, chapter 1, verse 5. In numerous Russian, Byzantine, and Greek icons, this verse is over the dark Madonna's head. In Isaiah 45.3, the prophecy of the coming Messiah through Mary is foretold with the generative theme of darkness. God promises, quote, I will give you the treasures of darkness and hidden riches and secret places, unquote. Black is used in the vestments of the Christian community during Passiontide, as well as for the rituals surrounding death to show the mutable quality of our physical body. The physical can no longer contain the spirit. The body must be laid aside. In this context, death is seen as a healing deed so the individual can progress. Blackness can also be seen as a badge of coming through fire, burnt with experience. One becomes refined, but still alive. This refinement is also symbolic of the transformational nature of earthly life within physical bodies. Black is a symbol of the phase shift involved in our earthly sojourn within our bodies and reminds us of the cycle of life, death, and a new life. In materialistic science, black is not considered to be a color. According to physics, black is the result of absorption of all colors. If we understand light in the exoteric sense, the way the eye perceives light is through a combination of waves and particles. There is a spectrum of wavelengths present through visible light, and depending on the location of the emission of certain wavelengths, the eye and brain perceive a color. Black and white are at polar opposites of such measurements. Black absorbs all colors, while white reflects all colors. Everything in between is perceived as a transition from one to the other. Color cannot exist without the transformation from one pole of darkness to the other pole of light. In essence, we need black, we need darkness in order to perceive light. 
The discovery of light and the exploration of the nature of inner microscopic matter spawned an entirely new realm of science within the world of physics. While no one disputes the existence of atoms, what exactly holds them together to create substance, systems, cells, creatures, atmospheres, planets, and galaxies is an ongoing exploration and debate. In elementary chemistry, we learn of bond angles and density in regards to different states of matter. Gases have great distance between their atoms, while metals have comparably small gaps between theirs. What lies between the spaces is where materialistic isolationist theories start to falter and is the subject of absolutely fascinating conjecture and discovery. If you recall in the first podcast, when I was discussing what got me started in my long search for spirit, it was wondering what was in the spaces. Our continuing outer space explorations and reports returning to us from the Hubble telescope have also shattered our materialistic concepts of the universe. At the time of the recording of this podcast, the United States had recently launched the Webb Telescope. I urge you to go to the NASA website to learn more about this incredible feat of engineering. The telescope was launched into space where after it entered into an orbit, it unfolded into one of the most powerful technologies capable of seeing further distances into the deep space than Hubble. One wonders what it will relay back to Earth. I personally would like to know the location of all the lost socks, Tupperware lids, and men who said they would call me. I'm sure they're out there somewhere. While much science has focused on the nature of light, living within the ecology of our universe of polarities, a new conceptualization of dark began to emerge in the 1930s. Rudolf Steiner spoke of universal principles throughout his numerous lectures and writings. He invited us to conceptualize physical matter as an expression and manifestation of the spiritual world. In essence, he asked us to focus on the invisible forces behind matter, on what is behind the physical world. We are invited to be aware of the spirit behind the physical manifestations of the material world. The Cosmic Nature of Black Steiner taught that for everything there is a balancing effect. We see this within his Christology through understanding of the balancing effects between the Christ, Lucifer, and Araman. Steiner also spoke of the balancing force of gravity as being levity. It is astounding to note 
that only until recently has materialistic science started to appreciate the existence of dark matter. Nigel Smith and Neil Spooner articulated this concept in a paper entitled, quote, The Search for Dark Matter, unquote. This paper was presented in the year 2000 issue Physics World magazine. Smith and Spooner reported, quote, Astronomers were surprised and disturbed to learn in the 1930s that our own Milky Way galaxy behaved as if it contained more matter than could be seen with the telescopes. This puzzling non-luminous matter became known as dark matter, unquote. What physicists and cosmologists now are concluding is that most of the universe is actually made up of dark matter, over 95%, in fact. Particularly challenging to the materialistic astronomers in the 1930s was the observation that the universe was constantly expanding at an increasing speed, and yet there was not an obliteration or spinning out of control of creation. In fact, the universe with all of her inhabitants keeps expanding uniformly. The key to comprehending this phenomenon of an ever-expanding universe is to visualize the baking of raisin bread. The planets and stars are symbolized by the raisins, and the dough is the symbol of the dark matter space in between the planets and stars. Astronomer Vera Rubin in 1951 at the Griffith Observatory in Los Angeles, noticed that while galaxies rotate, the outer edges of galaxies traveled as fast in the center as they did at the outer edges. What was of particular interest to her was how the galaxies do not fall apart during all of this motion. The glue holding all of the inhabitants of these galaxies, the glue that holds it all together, was termed dark matter. Through the evolution of string theory, the understanding of light as well as dark matter is to conceptualize dark matter as stretching to hold onto stars and galaxies as they travel throughout the universe. I like to consider this as a deep take on how divinity is holding everything together, as if in one giant cosmic hug. Throughout our explorations of the galaxies and the quest to understand our origins, the phenomenon of black holes has emerged. These entities supposedly range from the size of a thumbnail to the center of the Milky Way that is four million times bigger than our sun. Black holes seem to be located in the center of their respective universes or galaxies. NASA's Wide Field Infrared Survey Telescope has recently received scanned images of the entire sky over a period between 2009 through 2011. 
Apparently, there is a bonanza of black holes in the universe. According to astronomer Daniel Stern from NASA's Jet Propulsion Laboratory in Pasadena, California. It is thought that black holes are collections of the densest material imaginable, the ultimate nothing. Some astrophysicists even label the black holes as collections of anti-gravity. These black holes are the result of collapsed stars and cosmic communities. While considered dense, lifeless remnants of dead stars, black holes admit atoms needed for the creation of new life. Scientists now believe our own Milky Way may have burst forth from a black hole. Pictures from the Hubble telescope illustrate that black holes connect darkness to the light. Due to the depletion of hydrogen and other gases, they become white hot. It is also thought that through black holes, therein lies a connection to parallel universes as a conduit to other realities. For Star Trekkies out there, the science fiction lovers, it seems that life has been imitating art before there was art. When I visited the Black Madonna of Czestochowa in Poland, I could barely make out the Madonna from my seat in the chapel. Her image was surrounded by a golden frame called a Riza. And while the image looked like a black outline of a Madonna, I truly felt as if I was gazing into a portal of the dark recesses of the universe. It felt like I was being transported into another world. Another way to look at this phenomenon and associated theories of black holes is out of death of the universe, black holes connect and birth new life. Dark matter and dark energy make up 95% of the universe. Dark matter is a matrix that holds physical creation together. It is an unseen majority force as well as a matter that permeates all of creation, allowing for cohesion and order. Dark matter keeps the universe from spinning out of control into oblivion. As I said before, in a way we can visualize dark matter as the substance that hugs the universe. If we take the verses of Proverbs 8, these verses are entitled Wisdom's Call, we learn how divine wisdom, also known as the divine Sophia, was the first of all creation. Proverbs 8 tells us that she, divine wisdom, the divine Sophia, was there before everything was created and danced in delight to the unfoldment of the universe. We can see the physical manifestation of Sophia as the divine matrix, the template that holds everything together. And dark matter is the materialistic concept in this spiritual reality. For me, it is profound that so many black Madonnas are presented in Sophianic gestures. 
the Black Madonna is presented as wisdom on her throne. Recall that the Madonna is symbolic of the highest potential and capabilities of the human soul. Within classical Greek cosmology, which influenced alchemy, black is the color of condensation, representing the earth. As earth is implicit in all life processes, it is a constant. In all representations of color, black is present in one degree or another. Steiner invites us to think of light as ensouled. The sun, as he described it in his cycle, Man, Hieroglyph of the Universe, the sun has a sucking action that annihilates, and in that process generates light, not warmth. Its opposite, darkness, he teaches, is filled with warmth. Warmth in this context is what animates life, animates and enlivens all of creation. Steiner teaches that black is in the group of image colors. White is considered the soul's image of spirit and black the spirit's image of death. Image colors are called as such because they represent something else. He outlines his theories through the color lectures. In this series, Steiner states that an image color has a fourfold dynamic process incorporating the human being and spiritual realms. It is of great note that during the Middle Ages, when the Black Madonnas appear in mass, humanity had a direct experience of spiritual light. This began to fade during the Renaissance at the age of the dawning of consciousness soul. Light and darkness permeate our existence. Both are necessary for our well-being. Steiner gives us the idea that darkness is warmth, goodness, and will, as well as love. In the interaction between the polarities of heavenly light, the Father, and the Earth, Mother, darkness plays a very important role. We could not perceive light without darkness. Darkness depends on light for revelation. In tandem with light, darkness births colors. Materialistic science is now coming to terms with the fact that darkness is a force rather than a void. In the therapeutic text, Light, Darkness, and Color in Painting Therapy, art therapist Liane Collier d'Irbois presents an incredible picture of darkness that is used in artistic therapy. She states, quote, Light and darkness are primordial creators. They form the great cosmic polarity from which at the beginning of time all creation originated, unquote. She goes on to articulate how darkness is the first great generative color experience of cosmic sympathy. Darkness, according to her understanding, is the carrier of warmth, love, and gravity. Within darkness, blackness, 
all qualities of goodness, loving sustenance are contained. If we picture the beginning of creation from all darkness, there is beginning of the loving birth of the cosmos. Diabois goes on to indicate that between darkness and light is a spiritual experience that has to do with the incarnation of the ego. The application of these principal qualities can be used for healing in therapeutic painting. In this orientation, light involves cosmic thought. Color reflects cosmic feeling, and darkness reflects cosmic willing. Lois Schroff, through her work as an art therapist, notes that the seeds for the future are laid in the darkness. This orientation is based on Rudolf Steiner's insights regarding the three aspects of the human soul, thinking, feeling, and willing and how they relate to our existence as humans, as well as the connection to the cosmos. Human will, actions performed by our limbs, our initiatives, and our deeds, all lay the foundation towards the future. Due to darkness and its relationship with the will, the beginning of something new can arise with impulse for movement. It is fascinating that the Black Madonnas involve both darkness and large hands. For me, it is as if they are saying, get to work and do something. Plant the seeds for the future. Another insight for me is that they were, and still are actually, truly speaking to the future speaking to humanity. They did this so long ago as a foretelling about what was to come and our need to ready ourselves for the onslaught in some aspects. The Black Madonnas tell us through their coloring to use our wills to forge a conscious moral meeting with what is to come. Ultimately, darkness can be seen as a spark for new creation. It is interesting to note that the cooperative act of physical creation between the sexes and divinity, that of procreation, occurs in the dark recesses of the female's womb. Seeds for plant life germinate underground in the warmth of dark soils. Much of the activity in oceans that allow for many life processes, both above and underwater, occur at depths where no light penetrates. Procreation is the ultimate act of will, sowing seeds for the future. Dionysius the Eripagite was one of the Apostle Paul's first initiates. We read in Acts 17 of one of Paul's missionary sermons being given in Athens. Paul was brought before the Eurypagus after debating the Stoics and Epicureans to present his thesis. 
Now there are some wonderful Scrabble words for those of you who are trying to get rid of extra letters. The Eurybicus means a big piece of rock and was the setting for trials and debates witnessed by a council of elders. Paul's sermon, as presented in Acts 17, was mainly concerning how humanity is an offspring of God. Paul was so convincing through his testimony that Dionysius, who was in the audience at the Eurybagite at the time, was converted to Christianity. The very beginnings of the understandings of the teaching of the risen Christ were initiated by Paul and carried through Dionysius. As a Syrian of the same stream as both Paul and the Apostle Luke, the importance of the etheric realm took on great meaning for Dionysius, as this was the philosophy of the time. With his added comprehension of the mysteries revealed through the risen Christ, Dionysius wrote some of the first treatises of ancient Christianity out of the stream of Paul. One of Dionysius's lesser-known treatises and theological teachings is on what he called divine darkness. According to Dionysius, divine darkness is the concept that at times our physical senses can distract or mislead us as we understand through the concept of maya or illusion. Dionysius conveyed that through darkness, one can most deeply encounter the divine with no distractions and no illusions. It is of particular interest that the Knights Templar were influenced by the order of Dionysian Syrian monks when they were in Jerusalem, and it is thought that this exposure would have brought them into contact with the writings of Dionysius. It is thought that this contact influenced the Templars in their expressions of architecture, most notably at Chartres Cathedral, where there was a Templar mystery school and the pilgrim experience included the observation of darkness into light, the Persephone mysteries, and the mysteries of Natura. There is also a labyrinth at Chaltra, whose geometry and mathematics correspond with both the year and the cycle of human gestation leading to birth. In medieval times, pilgrims would come to Chaltra and enter into the crypt there where there was a spring and a black Madonna. They would sing and pray through the night emerging in the morning to the main sanctuary of light. We will explore further the connection between the Knights Templar and the Black Madonna in the next podcast. Another concept of darkness comes from St. John of the Cross, who developed the idea of the dark night of the soul. John developed this theology when he was imprisoned by his fellow brothers for trying to reform his order. He felt completely abandoned and abused by his fellow human beings. But through the dark night, he felt the powerful, unhindered presence of divinity. And this presence was what allowed for his transformation. 
one of our last explorations of the spiritual quality of darkness for this podcast concerns the secret of the Templars. This secret, one of several actually, regards darkness and light. Again, we will explore this concept further in the next podcast, The Knights Templar and the Black Madonna. For now, just knowing there is one more lovely thread as to how divine darkness and the color black are related, and that we should not fear either. There are many ways to consider darkness and the color black. Without darkness, we could not witness the light. Darkness is warmth where all life begins. Black is the image of cosmic will being transformed into human will. Dark matter and dark energy birth and hold the universe together. It is where we feel spirit the most intently. While in some cases, black Madonnas represent the physiognomy of the artist who lovingly created them, there are deep mysteries that are also revealed in their color. These mysteries invite us towards our destiny and purpose. So we can see Darkness, black, is not something negative, but a very rich quality that inspires new life and nearness to divinity. In my estimation, all of these threads weave together to present a picture of why these Madonnas are black. As the Madonna in art is a symbol of the higher potential we have as humans, the Black Madonna is conveying quite a treasure trove of messages from the divine. These Madonnas are loving invitations to immerse ourselves in the soulfulness of our place in the universe and show us of what we are capable. These images are messages from the universe, from the gods, from the spiritual world showing us what can unfold within and about us if only we answer the call. Since art is the method by which the gods are speaking to humanity, these dark images have much to tell us about the deep treasures of the cosmos and our sacred and necessary task within this miracle. I hope my reflections warm your soul and inspire your spirit as we delve into the many mysteries of the Black Madonna. Make sure to follow me on Twitter at BLMadonna. Like me on Facebook and Instagram at the Heart of the Black Madonna page. If you are so moved, please become a patron, either sustaining or through a one-time donation. Every penny is appreciated and goes towards helping to create this podcast. As I have said a few times during this segment, we will explore the connection between the Knights Templar and the Black Madonna in our next podcast of the same name. Thanks again for sharing your valuable time with me. This is Stephanie Georgiev wishing you many blessings on your journey.